Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's uh, just got to shake his tail feather. Welcome, Jacob. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. There are a lot worse things I could have gone with. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Why, thank you, and let me use our co-host. <laughs> a man who's definitely not an ostrich. Welcome, Drew. I don't know. I can't fly either. <laughs> Well, hopefully, like I can't run as fast as an ostrich either, and my we don't. Let's face it, we don't need me to stick my head in the ground. My butt's not something anyone needs to look at. <laughs> okay, a little too much information, but okay. Hey, you just don't want to see me with my butt up in the air. Okay, gotcha. Moving on. Anyways, <laughs> how are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm I'm doing very well. It has been a interesting two days. Has it now? The, the, the weekend was great. I had a very long, productive weekend. Um, and then this, uh, the past two days, of Monday and Tuesday, uh, and today obviously being Tuesday, uh, it was stressful. Stressful beyond belief. And seeing people like getting into fights or getting into arguments and like screaming across parking lots. It's like, okay, maybe prayerfully and hopefully Wednesday through Friday will be a little calmer. One can only hope. Yes, one can only hope. Uh, other than that, I am doing well. How about you? I've been doing fairly well. Uh, unlike you, I didn't get much of anything done this weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. But I got some rest in, hmm. which I I think I may have needed some more than I realized. Um The last two days have been, they haven't been busy, but they've been constant. I got you. If that makes sense. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I had a good time. Uh, you know. Nothing really to talk about. Okay. So instead, I'll jump into what I've been watching. All right. What I'm have gonna, you watched? I'm going to start with something we both watched. In this room. That's right. Yeah. A little, sh- a little movie called... Mortal Kombat! Get over here! <laughs> that was a fun movie. That was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Well, the, the, the fact was that Drew was going to watch it on HBO Max. I was going to watch it in theaters. And I was so... Mostly because I didn't want to get out of the apartment. <laughs> that, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So, kind of story-wise, because I was working on a project, and I, I really can't go into detail about it. But yet. Uh, yet, I really can't. Uh, if you want more about that, uh, we might have a project coming up, so you might hear more about that. So stay tuned for that. Either way, so I'm working on the project. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm like, I really don't because I'm really, I really want to get this, this part done. And so I text Drew. It's like, so think about the movie. I'm thinking about, I was going to watch it in the theater. So and I text I, him back. I'm going to watch it here at home. 
He's I'd, like, okay, when do you want to watch it? <laughs> like, Invite myself over. I guess I deserve that. <laughs> I invited myself on the podcast. That is true. That is so true. Um, yeah, you, you, yeah, you, I mean, he's like, okay, sure. And you, yeah. you said you were going to bring the popcorn. I said, don't worry about it. I've got popcorn. Okay. Just come over here. We'll record our TAS and then we'll watch Mortal Kombat. Yes. Boy, I, what a what, contrast. What a, contrast. <laughs> what a juxtaposition between Tangled and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so if, if you are, if you are not listening to our episode of TA of a TAS. Movie, yeah. With uh, while we're reviewing Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, also known as formerly known as well, I mean, release, Tangled the series. Release-wise, we still have like four episodes of Tangled the series to release. Yes. Then we'll get into Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Yeah. So right now, because if you were listening right now, we are just at the very we're at the very tail end of the first season. Yeah, we got like four episodes left, and then but where we are in the recording process, yes, we're like halfway through season two, yes, and we're like one episode away from the episode or episodes, the the two parter, yeah, two parter, the two parter that convinced me, yes, we need to do Rapunzel's Tangled yes. Adventure. Yes, I was, I would have been iffy had you never shown me that clip, and I wanted to go, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is? Are you sure this isn't a YouTube film? <laughs> no. A YouTube cartoon. I can yeah. see something like this on a YouTube. Actually going, it's like, I, I, I'm so curious on the context, because right now we don't have any context no. with one episode until it goes. So, but anyway, back to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, back to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Do you know how much knowledge of Mortal Kombat I had? I have very little. I've seen both movies, mm-hmm. the, both the original nineties movies. Right. Recently. Yeah. I know I've played the games off and on over the years, but mostly I know it from third party because Mortal Kombat's not generally my game, but let's face it. I grew up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. There's a certain, I have a certain idea of who a lot of these characters were. Right. At no point did I suspect that I was ever going to be happy to see to see a scorpion show up on screen. Yes! Oh my and, gosh! And now it's like, oh cool, they got scorpions. Like, yes, scorpions here. <laughs> say it. Say, say it. it. Say the line. <laughs> say the line. <laughs> but and that's as far as I'm going to tell you because I can tell you that, and you'll have you'll think you will think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you don't. No, not until you get not not till the whole thing's over. Yeah, either either way, be like we'll be reviewing Mortal Kombat 2021 on our on almost movie of the week podcast, movie of the week podcast with Jim. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're also going to be reviewing the original Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation I as well. I Think we already released the Mortal Kombat? I think we just got Annihilation that's not been released. Hmm. I think. Okay. I've not actually gone through the list. Hmm. But anyway, anywho's. So yeah, I watched that. Uh, also watched a little bit of a show from the early two thousands. Okay. That uh, I was when when it came out, I was not in a position where I could watch cartoons on a regular basis. Okay. Because you know, school and work. Right. It happens. Yeah, it happens, and. Uh, 
this was a show I was, even at the time, I would have been a little iffy on because, you know, certain thought processes about what is and isn't considered anime. My thoughts have changed okay. over the years. Okay, gotcha. And I had been meaning to get into Avatar The Last Airbender. Ah. But I just never gotten around a chance to until right. uh, I found it on sale. Uh, <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, keeping, uh, I, I, I'm enjoying that one. I have gotten through uh, the first episode with, uh, oh, what is his name? Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to say Booby, but that is not his name. Booby? That's not the character's name. Okay. I know it's not. I don't know why that's the name coming to my mind. <laughs> going to look this up really quick. I'll know it very quickly. <laughs> uh, Boomy. I got Boomy. to the first episode with Boomy. I'm like five episodes into Avatar, and I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. There's not much... Well, okay. If I were to... Okay, you know when we watched uh, Thundercats 2011? Yes. And there seemed to be these odd time jumps... From time to time. Yeah. And I think I even... That was one of my complaints. Mm-hmm. The, the jumps here kind of sort of make sense. Okay. There, there's jumps, but it's like, yeah, we're still journeying. It's just there happens to be nothing between this point and the, the point at the end of one episode and the point at the beginning of the next one. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that just... With Thundercats, it was like, we're in the desert, now we're at sea. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that bugged me in that. I understand. This is a little better about that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I am looking. Interestingly enough, I've met a lot of the characters I knew of from memes already. Okay then. <laughs> so I was like, I know I'm nowhere near Bossing Say, where there is no war. But <laughs> there is no war in Bossing Say. Mm. Uh, but yeah. I, I am curious to see how this goes. I am curious about some of the things I know about the series that, honestly, at this point, I have no idea how they happen. Okay. Because it's completely opposite of what's going on, but I'm curious. Okay. It's one of those weird things. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know certain points. And I'm looking at it and going, how are we going to get to these points that I know about? Because the internet is the internet. True. It's not like some stuff is like, oh, I see how we're going to get there from episode one. Or I have a theory how we're going to... There's a, there's a character who I know becomes a friendly character. I have no idea how they're going to be friendly. Okay. That's just all I'm saying. Alrighty. Anyone who's watched Avatar already knows who I'm talking about. Yeah. But I know you've not watched the show, I, I, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I think I know who you're referring to. Oh, probably. I mean, he's on the cover of the Blu-ray behind you. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, anyways, uh, other than that, I have not watched much of anything else. I did put in, well, I'm on, I'm, I'm on Xbox Game Pass now, mm-hmm. and so I've got access to a lot of games for pretty much, like, I have access to a lot of movies mm-hmm. on all these streaming services. It's not a streaming game service, but you know what I mean. 
And I put, I downloaded a game that I had been meaning to try, but it's not my normal fare. Okay. I downloaded Resident Evil 7. Uh, 7. Really? Okay. And yeah, it's a, there was a point where it's like, okay, I'm enjoying the game. I have to turn it off right now. Or I will not get sleep tonight. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> but what's interesting is it takes place in Louisiana. Okay. And yeah, the the few the little bits and pieces where you're outside going around the broken down house it takes place in. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, I can. it looks like they actually traveled to Louisiana and took pictures of a bayou and to get the, uh, the landscape correct. And I'm not really thinking about it, you know. I'm just, I'm so, I'm just trying to get through some stuff. There's one point where uh, you find the, the your wife's because you're looking for your wife. Oh, okay. At uh, at this place this is why you're here in the first place. You find her driver's license. Apparently, she's a registered Texas driver because that is an accurate driver's license, even though it's covered in mud. Okay. And the thing that got me fascinating. I am in the kitchen after I've been welcomed into the family. I'm just walking around the kitchen trying to find... It's not a good welcome, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm i in the one part where it's like they don't have to hide. They, they, I'm not going to get attacked by anything. That much is obvious. Okay. So I'm just going around searching. I happen... I'm, I walk through the, into this kitchen where all these human body parts are laid out, but that's beside the point. Funs. I happen to look down in the trash can. Do you know what I saw in the trash can? Uh, What? Something that I would never have expected a Japanese game developer to even know existed. What would that be? What appeared to be an accurate recreation of a very familiar orange and white striped cup. A Whataburger cup? Yes! What? <laughs> yes! Now, it was not the logo. It was just orange and white striped. But I look at it, it's like, that's unmistakably Whataburger. <laughs> Dude, there are people in the United States who don't even know what that is. Yeah. Which is and true. I'm looking and going, okay, you are on the border of... I, I kind of have a general area. Well, don't tell me this is taking place in Shreveport. I don't need it that close. <laughs> no zombie, thank you. It's like... Okay. I'm going to assume this is down by Beaumont. <laughs> okay, then. Just because that's the furthest place from me that could possibly have a Whataburger. <laughs> Within driving distance oh my of this destroyed house that I am assuming the wife must have brought with her because it was relatively clean in comparison to everything else. But yeah, oh, there, there's just wow. things like, there are people who don't eat, who are just going to look over that. They won't care what that is. Yeah. And I'm looking going, they've been to Whataburger. This well, is too close. <laughs> well, there are Whataburgers in Louisiana. Are there? I don't know. There are. I've never looked at it that far. As far as I knew, they stopped at the Sabine River. <laughs> Sorry, I said that wrong. The Sabine River. The Sabine River? I've heard people call it the Sabine River. Same here. And I'm just being facetious because I can <laughs> Uh, all right, all This is a horrible accent. <laughs> yes. All right, all right, all right. He's 
you, you know, because we all know where Matthew McConaughey is from. <laughs> yes, he's from Lufkin. Longview or Lufkin? Does it matter? It's East Texas. <laughs> I is, think it's Lufkin. It's Lufkin. Because yeah. uh, it's from down. It's from further south. He met up with, what's his name that got him into that movie that was his debut? Yeah. Either way. Anyway. Either none way. Of that <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been playing that. Uh, Josh in in the uh, chat says, I want to see Drew playing a horror game. No, you do not. <laughs> I, I can't be that entertaining. Cause I, there's a lot of me going. That's interesting. Oh, I bet I got to get that thing. Okay. Now there was one point where it's like, I know she's right over there. I know she's in that room. She is going to step out in front of me and try to give me the willies. I know she is, <laughs> but then I can't trigger anything until I go past this. It's like, okay, let's just do it. Oh, there you are. I knew you were coming. <laughs> I wasn't no. scared. You startled me. <laughs> well, Josh, if you wanted someone to actually play a video game and get actually probably scared, would it be me? But that's what let, I should let, do. Let's, let's, let's say re- I, let, I do not play video games. Let's restart me playing Resident Evil 7. We'll just get you over here and we'll just put the camera on you. No. <laughs> so you don't know what's coming. And I'll just make that turn. I won't even slow down because I know it's coming. I'll sort of walk past the door. <laughs> Boom. There she is. <laughs> You don't even know who the she is. No, I don't. <laughs> that's why I can say that. Anyway. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. What have you been doing and watching? I st- recently started watching the uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a treat to watch. The uh, one that Jim Henson made the turtles on. Yeah. Great movie. If you have not watched it, go watch it. It's an amazing movie. Uh, and then I watched uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, which was nostalgia for me was like my favorite as a kid. Yes. Uh, I do see more of the flaws now, and I do see where the the parents whine too much and say, oh, no, it's too violent. They kind of be more goofy. It's like, okay, fine then. But I still enjoy the movie. Yes. And then I watched, <laughs> a, a, like, I, I watched TMNT from 2007. Oh, you skipped one. Yeah, you didn't watch the time travel one. No, and uh, oddly, oddly enough, I was telling my my boss this, who is my who's my age. He's mm-hmm. like a couple of months you know, uh, older than I am, or he's yeah, he's older. He's a little bit older than I am. He just had a birthday, and uh, my birthday is the end of the year, so blah blah, blah whatever. Uh, so we're talking about it, and he's like, "Man, Turtles three was dumb, silly." Uh, goofy, but I still love it. <laughs> that's the thing about that's what I consider good cheese. You yeah. know, it's stupid. You know, it's dumb. Yeah, it's still fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, so I watched Team TMNT from two thousand seven. Rewatching it, it's a really good movie. Like people have kind of panned it. It wasn't that great. Like, dude, be like the the fact to be like you had this really good running uh, story bit. Definitely with uh, Raphael Leonardo. Uh, now, Grant, I am not a. I'd be like, I wish they would change the dynamic in the Turtles films, where it's not Raphael who gets everybody in trouble, or who, uh-huh. but it's the character Rav. That's what he does. But uh, I, I do like where they they and well, obviously, we're going to do this movie as a re, as a review at some point. Yes, because it technically counts yes. as uh, puppetry. Yes, it does. Well, 
TMNT isn't. TMNT is fully CG. Well, TM, yeah, TMNT is fully CG, but even the other three count as puppetry. Yeah, we'll, so. we will eventually get we're around. Tr- we're trying to figure out a good way to do that, but we want to get some uh, people on yeah, for that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, stay tuned for that. So I watched that, tremendously enjoyed it. And we watched over at our friend Chase's house, uh, what was it, like two or three episodes of Rune Soldier? Two episodes of Rune Soldier. And then we watched again the first episode of Robotech. Robotech. It's like, Chase, we've seen this episode three times. Can we go to episode two? I think it's with the most people. It's like they watch episode one and it's like, that's, that's Robotech. That's Robotech. Maybe so, but it's like, I've seen this episode. Can I see a different one? <laughs> yeah. So, and of course, we're still going to say, Jacob, close your eyes. You, yeah. don't, you don't need this one right now. Give it a second. Okay. You're good. <laughs> yeah. They have flashing lights. And those you don't know, I really bad flashing, lights. really bad flashing lights. Uh, I have Tourette's disorder and I can have seizures. So I have really amazing, wonderful Christian friends who are, have my back when it's like, dude, cover your eyes. Or sometimes people do that. It's like, dude, yeah, <laughs> it's other, it's, it's, it's really great when you have friends like that. It will like give you a heads up. But other than that, be like, that's all I've been watching. All right. Well, what do we have in the news? All right. So what do we have in the news? Let me bring up the news. While you're doing that, I'm going to touch on a bit of news I meant to bring up last week. Okay. Hallmark has released uh, their catalog for their ornaments for this year. Okay. And uh, there are a couple Disney ones in there that were interesting and all. And they actually got a couple video game ones in there. There's a couple nice Mario ones, some other stuff. But there was one that caught my eye. Hmm. It involved Mickey Mouse. Yes. Definitely up your alley. Kingdom Key D. Mm -hmm. I was never expecting (laughs) that because the rights issues on that alone have got to be horrible. Yeah. But yet it's here. It's like, I'm buying that. Yeah. That will be on my tree this year. Well, of course. I know Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Yes. It's the only Mickey Mouse ornament I will ever have. But it's Mickey Mouse being epic. <laughs> so it counts. <laughs> okay, then. So, yeah. Uh, they released that. The other thing I saw, I believe I um, posted it today on our Facebook page. Which, I hope you're not bringing this up. Because that would be mean on my part. Okay. Uh, Just steal my thunder, why don't you? No, I haven't. You haven't let me look at your notes. <laughs> S- scroll down here. Mm-hmm. Ah, did you know they're making a uh, new Flintstones TV show? I saw that. It takes place twenty years after the original Flintstones. It's going to be called Bedrock, mm-hmm. and uh, Warner Brothers Animation is the one doing it, and it's going to be on Fox. On Fox? Fox TV is not the same thing as Fox, as 20th Century Studios. That is true. That's one of the reasons why uh, they call it 20th Century Studios now and not Fox. Yeah. To help separate it. Agreed. So, um, yeah. That's apparently happening. And it's going, somehow they're going to move up to the Bronze Age. Interesting. Which, 
I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> All Are right. we going to finally explain how the Flintstones can celebrate Christmas? Years before the birth of our Lord and Savior. There we go. I have always wondered this. Yeah. <laughs> My curiosity. If anything, this should be under the Old Covenant. And I don't want to go there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely in some parts of the Old Covenant. No! Yes, I that. don't want to go there. No! Mm, anyway. Either way, yes. <laughs> now that I've probably stepped on your thunder. No, you actually didn't. Okay, good. I, I, I saw that news. I was okay. It's a television show. It'd be interesting to talk about, but it's it's I'm trying to find like three little bits of news to come out, and that well, was one of them. And I was like, eh, let's skip over well, that. I mean, but you brought it up anyway. Well, technically, I'm supposed to be looking up news too, but I am horrible at doing it. Right. So. <laughs> all right. It's, all right. So getting into news, as most time, as most people know. Uh, I get my news from animationmagazine.net or .com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go check out the sources there uh, to go if you want to say, be like, well, I'm not really sure Jacob's actually getting this accurate news. Go check them out. Maybe subscribe. Maybe get their magazine. We're not sponsored by them, but they're a really good source for animation. Either way. So, celebrate layout and background designer. Uh, known for his work on Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Space Jam, Balto, and 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, Roy, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, uh, Roy Nisbet. Uh, if anybody wants the spelling, is N-A-I-S-B-I-T-T. Nisbet. I'll go um, with that. Let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, either way, uh, apparently he died on Saturday, uh, April 25th. Uh, he was, he had nearly reached his 21st birthday on May 6th. Uh, so yeah, so we've like, this man has done a lot of work animation wise. Uh, and so like most of us have probably seen who from Roger Rabbit space jam. Uh, I've never watched, uh, 2001 to space odyssey. I have. Yeah. It's very weird. Far as I, far as I I enjoyed the middle half. Okay. Because that's where story was taking place. Ah. The first quarter, when they're... This is just a mini-review, by the way. Uh, The first quarter, where the monkeys are going everywhere, and there's no... There's no no dialogue or anything. Right. Is interesting, but a lot of it I'm looking and going... I can see the monkeys are in front of a rear projection screen. Correction, the monkeys. Mm-hmm. Because they, some of them were people in suits. Yeah. So it's like, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. And in my, I, I knew it was there going into it. I kept thinking, this is probably only like 10, 15 minutes. Maybe. Maybe just enough to say, this is how we're opening the phone, then we'll get to the real story. 30 minutes of this. I go on. Okay. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> and then you get to the, the the middle half where it's like, there's some actual story there. And of course you get open the pod bay doors, Hal, and all that kind of good stuff. And then you get to the last half hour. Good night. Don't watch it. Okay. I'm not saying... No, let me rephrase. People at home, if you've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, go watch it to say you've watched it. 
Jacob, as a friend of mine who I know can suffer from epileptic seizures, don't watch it. Okay, got it. Because here's the thing. I don't know if they would actually trigger. Okay. Because there is, there's flashing lights, but it's not really flashing. That makes okay. sense. It's not, they're not bright. It's more like you've got all this visual imagery going by you very fast. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for a while. Okay. What makes me think it might trigger it is uh, the beginning of uh, Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Because I know that triggered it for you pretty bad. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. This is not quite that intensity. Okay. But it does beat it in length. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> there, um, I, I was... Exp- okay. Once again, I'm expecting the bulk of... I, know, I knew kind of what was coming up, even though I'd never watched it. Right. I knew there was going to come a point where the guy we're following through... Yes, whatever that is... The wormhole, whatever the effect this thing is that he's mm-hmm. going through. I know at one point he was going to be in a room. He was going to see himself lying on a bed. And then the person, the version of him lying in the bed was going to grow old and turn into a skeleton. And then somehow that was going to cause him to turn into a space baby. Like I said, there's a lot of this that doesn't make sense. That is weird. Here's the thing. I thought, okay, it's going to be 10 minutes because that's a reasonable length of time for a special effects sequence. Bear in mind, I was actually assuming it was going to be closer to Star Trek, the motion picture than it was. Hmm. (laughs) I'm watching it and going, dude, this has been going on a while. It's going on. I can actually tell what they filmed to make this effect. I can tell I'm looking at an oscilloscope that's broken why are we still here? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to be getting from this weird special effects sequence? Cause I'm not feeling any sort of wonder and amazement or even an intensity or like, or any sort of anything. I'm just, I'm more going do something or correction. Stop. Let me breathe. Then do something. Cause you're not doing anything right now, but you're doing a lot of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes. So yeah, that's my many thoughts on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Alrighty. The story is in the middle half. The rest of it, I'm going, okay. (laughs) All right. So it's not my favorite one of his films. It's not my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. I got you. All right. So going back into the news. Yeah. By the way, thank you. There again, good Christian friends who just be like, "Hey, it's a fairly. It's not a very good film, but yeah, for you, Jacob. I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it's a bad film. Yeah, I'm saying read the book. Okay, <laughs> read the book. All right. So it's a different story. <laughs> all right. So we recently had a uh, award show recently come up two days ago. Two as days of, ago. as of this recording. Yeah. So the Academy of Motion Picture are also known as the Oscars. The, tw- the 93rd annual Oscars were Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, broadcast on ABC and live on multiple platforms of the U.S. Uh, L.A., whatever. It's in the L.A. time. It's in L.A. It was on YouTube. Yeah, it was It was on YouTube? You had to pay for it, but it was on YouTube. Ugh. Okay, so it was on YouTube. I um, didn't watch it. 
All right. I looked at the Google results halfway through Sunday night prayer service and said, "Oh, by the way, Jacob, my the the my my most hated film of last year won an won the best animated feature." He did. And so it'd be like if you're wondering what movie that is. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Soul. No, it's Soul one. Uh, I, it, I like. I'm I, not. Let me rephrase. I'm not saying Soul is bad. Right. I'm saying it's oversold. Overrated. That's the word I'm looking for. Overrated. I'm saying it's overrated. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I would have rather Onward won. If we're picking a Pixar movie from last year, Onward should have won. I agree, I agree with you there. Like, Soul, Soul was, was too a, far away. Yeah. Soul was a good movie. It did have its problems. Um, and I understand why it won. I mean, like, it, it, you know, I do understand why it won. I... I have my own opinions about about mm-hmm. movies, obviously, because I'm a I'm a podcaster. Well, of the five movies that were nominated, yeah, I'd only seen three of them. Yeah, because I'd seen Onward and I'd seen Soul, and we'd watched Over the Moon. Yeah, I would have liked Over the Moon to win, but yeah, I Either had a feeling it wouldn't. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the other two. I know one of them is an Ardman mm-hmm. film, and the other one is. Something about wolf wolves. It's apparently very good. I need to watch it. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Either way, it'd be like Soul won the uh what was it? Uh animated feature. Best animated in feature. feature. Uh so yeah, so we have that. And apparently a certain movie that went directly to Netflix is doing very well. Is it now? Yeah. So the Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, <clears throat> has been in a lot of, not turmoil, but it was sitting on the back burner a lot. Definitely when COVID-19 hit, mm-hmm. because originally it was supposed to go to theaters and it got set back and set back and set back. And, uh, therefore it wasn't going to be able to go to theaters. And so finally it was picked up by Netflix and, uh, Netflix, it has generated, um, the movie currently boasts a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes and a Metascore of 79 based on 12 reviews. And we're planning on reacting to it this weekend. Yes. Sometime. Yes. Saturday, probably. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. After I've had time to sleep. Yes. Because I'll have to be, I'll have to work that morning. <laughs> anyway. Either way. So, yes, that is all I have in the news. All right. So, let's go ahead and jump into our spoiler-free section of our review of Rio. This was my first viewing. Okay. And this is what I... And the nice, the best thing I can say about this is that it's a typical Blue Sky production. Okay. I know that sounds mean, guys, but... <laughs> you're... you're, you're yeah, either see, way. See, here's the thing. When we reviewed... Uh, what's the name of that spy movie? You had to ask me to draw a blank. <laughs> I can't believe Spies Like Us. That is not the name of no, that movie. No, it's not Spies Like Us. Spies in Disguise. Thank you. Uh, when we reviewed Spies in Disguise, I was actually impressed that they had broken away from what I would have considered the, the Blue Sky formula. Mm-hmm. This didn't. <laughs> And there's a couple of stuff that I know is Blue Sky that I, afterwards I realized, oh, that was Blue Sky? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad movie. 
Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination. I would say it's very safe. Okay. Because while there's nothing... Okay. There's a quote. The, the best quote I can think of that will summarize my entire thoughts on this movie is from a Pinky in the Brain episode. I know. Surprise, surprise. No. And basically, there's this episode where Brain is pretending to, as is, his thing is he's a country music singer because country music is, was very popular at the time. And somehow he was going to hypnotize people into voting for him first or follow, doing whatever he says. I don't remember. But basically, before he turns his machine on and starts hypnotizing all the people in the honky tonk, mm-hmm. it break, cuts away to uh, two people and says, you know, he ain't half bad. Yeah, but he ain't half good either. That's kind of my feelings here, people. Okay, okay. It is, isn't half bad, but it's not half good either. Gotcha. It's, at best, an okay film. Totally get it. Completely get it. What are your thoughts? My thoughts... Now, this is my second viewing. And I thought the movie was decent. It does... There, there are some problems with the film. There's hiccups. There's the way overuse of things. Let's show you that. Uh, other than that, it's, it's a, it's an enjoyable film. It's enjoyable. It's got a fairly good, it's got a decent story to it. It's got, it's heart. Not so much, but it's, it's got the, the emotional masquerade of, um, Emotion. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a good movie, but it's not a bad movie. Okay. Which pretty much is going to be our spoiler-free thoughts. I don't know if we've told people to watch this movie or not. No, we haven't. <laughs> but either way, either way, don't take our opinions as yeah, always you know, as always, gospel or truth. Always watch on a film like this. Most definitely watch it for yourself and make an and make your own opinion. Yes. Because as much as I kind of sort of feel iffy about it, I can't say it's bad. I just yeah. don't know if it's good. And, it, and anything else, go give Blue Sky some love. Blue Sky oh, some yeah. love. Because they have been defunct. We're, so we're... we're Making sure we get a couple more blue skies in yeah. over the next couple of years. I do kind of feel bad that it took us two years to actually finally do one. Yeah. And we only got one in while they were still alive. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, join us on the other side of the bumpers and we will get to spoiling this thing. Yep. Ray! Okay! This progress is a part of... Christian Reek Central Network. And Christian Reek Central Rock Wrong. Hey, Scoop, what are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. Okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as. The Retro Rewind Podcast, 
Board the pod and join Captain Francisco Ruiz and First Officer Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers.com, as they and a special guest crewman each week take fresh looks at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. Do you like trivia shows but wish you could stay a little longer with the contestants? Do you wish that if those contestants didn't know the answer from memory, they could Google the answers? Do you love finding out how many of certain objects fit between the Earth and the Moon? And do you want a game show that is completely unfair? Then might I suggest The Raw Quiz Show, where Ryan Ashley Wall pits and competes against five different combatants each season to see who is the true trivia champion. And you can find it over at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're listening to is also a part of. Go to the link in the description to find out more. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Rio. Listener discretion is advised. Rio was written and directed by Carlos Saldana, who also directed Ice Age. It was also written by Earl Richie Jones, Todd R. Jones, Don Reimer, Joshua Sternen, Jennifer Ventimilla, and Sam Harper. Getting into the cast, we've got Leslie Mann playing Linda. And in the live-action uh, George of the Jungle, the one that had uh, Brandon Fraser, Fraser in it, mm-hmm. she played uh, Ursula Stanhope, his okay. Uh, girlfriend. Oh, okay. Jesse Eisenberg plays Blue, and he was Lex Luthor on Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. And the founder of Facebook in The Social Network, whose name I can't actually remember. Zimmer? Not Zimmerman. Either way. Yeah. Something with a Z. Wanda Sykes plays Chloe the Goose, and uh, she played Granny in Ice Age Continental Drift. Mm-hmm. Jane Lynch plays Alice, the other goose. This is how they're credited, folks, yeah, just so you know. Yeah, the other goose. Uh, and she was Calhoun in Wreck-It Ralph. Yes. Rodrigo Santoro played Tulio, and uh, the soccer announcer. Yes. And he played Emperor Xerxes in 300. Really? Yeah, that was the weird one for me on this episode. Okay, interesting. Uh, Jamie Foxx was the voice of Nico. And uh, in Django, he played... uh, Sorry, in Django Unchained, he played Django. Yeah. Will I Am was -hmm. the voice of Pedro. And he is, of course, the lead singer of the Black Eyed Peas. Assuming there is a lead singer. And... uh, he was also John Wraith in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Blech. It was his only other actual acting credit besides Black Eyed Peas. I'm going to throw up a feather. <laughs> anyway. Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. was the voice of Jewel. Wow. And she, one, the first thing I ever saw her in was uh, as Amelia Minuet Thermopolis Rinaldi, Princess of Genovia in The Princess Diaries. Oh my gosh. Yes, I looked up what that quote was. Yes, 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 yes. Good movies. Yes. Carlos Ponce played Marcel, and uh, he was the mariachi beaver in Ice Age Collision Course. Okay. Jeffrey Garcia played Tipa, or Tipa. He's one of the smugglers. Mm. And uh, he is the voice of the character Sheen in Jimmy Neutron. Okay. Uh... 
Jake T. Austin was the voice of Fernando. Mm-hmm. And he plays Max Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jermaine Clement was the voice of Nigel. And he was the voice of Sauron on the Lego Batman movie. Really? That is still a weird sentence to say. Can I just say that? (laughs) Yes. George Lopez was the voice of uh, Raphael. Okay. And he played the character of Poppy in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Hi, Chihuahua. And speaking of dogs, Tracy Morgan played Louise. And in uh, Scoob, yes. he played Captain Caveman. Good one. <laughs> and getting into our Kingdom Hearts connections, there were none. Wow! There really? wasn't a single one. The closest I got was Calhoun, because you know she or it was a, a Jane Lynch because she played Calhoun in Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, and Wreck It Ralph does show up in Kingdom Hearts three as a summon. That is the closest I could get. Wow. Okay. I didn't even have Frank Welker to help me in this movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Kind of a little side note. There's a little idea I want to talk to you about later uh, at the end of the recording. Fair enough. All right. So let's get into this. Oh, what is our info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. Uh, You can watch Rio on Disney Plus ever since they were acquired by Disney. Mm -hmm. It was produced uh, by Blue Sky Studios. (laughs) May that studio rest in peace. Uh, And 20th Century... Fox Studios. Well, it was still 20th Century Fox at the time. That is true. Uh, It was distributed by 20th Century Fox. It's release date. Uh, It was first released in Brazil. Brazil Which makes sense. On March 22nd, 2021. 2011. Probably in Rio de Janeiro. Possibly. That makes sense. Uh, Its U.S. release was April 15th, 2011. Its box office. Nikes. That's a big one. $90 $90 million. That was his budget. That's a fairly big budget. Well, in their defense, I think they used it well. They did. Agreed. Uh, its U.S. opening was $39.2 million on April 17th. Its U.S. gross was $143.6 million. I think it made his budget back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worldwide gross. This was pretty big. Uh, $483.8 million. Uh, Rio was released on home, vi- on home, home release or home video, uh, in Brazil first, both on Blu-ray and DVD on July 7th, 2011 and North America on August 2nd, 2011. Uh, uh, let's see, as of June 2014, a total of 12 million Blu-rays and DVD units have been sold worldwide. Uh, Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray Rio was released on four different, uh, four different packages. It had a four-disc party edition. Mm-hmm. It had a 3D Blu-ray, Blu-ray, DVD, digital. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, and it just goes down from there, there, and there, there to obviously the 
uh, DVD digital and also a single a single DVD. Uh, the children's edition. The yeah, children's edition. <laughs> like yeah, if you're the big reopen, you got to get the big deluxe. No, edition. no. What I'm saying is, <laughs> I know what you're saying. There are some people who it's like, oh, it's for kids. Uh, we don't have to buy the expensive version. Let's just get the cheapy DVD. Yeah. For their little crappy little CRT VHS combo unit we've got in their bedroom. True. All right, so I'm just saying those exist. So. Yeah, I agree. Especially I agree at this time, I agree with you. Uh, so yes, uh, all these are available currently, basically anywhere. You can buy them. Also, buy them on uh, if you are a member, uh, Disney Movie Club. Uh, go check them out, and plus give Blue Sky Studio some love. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a sequel uh, titled Rio's Two. Rio's Rio Two released the uh, Rioing. Yeah, the Rioing <laughs> was released. That's not a subtitle. I just made that up. <laughs> on April 11, 2014. Uh, uh, the director, uh, Carlos San... I'm going to mispronounce you. I didn't do any better, so Carlos. Yeah, yeah Carlos has kept a possibility of Rio 3, Rio 3 open... Uh, on April 2014, he stated, of course, of course, I have a lot of stories to tell. So we started to prepare for it on April, on April, on October. There again, I get tongue tied a lot of people. Uh, on October 2019, after 20th Century Fox acquisition by Disney, it was reported that a spinoff sequel would be released, uh, was in, was in development uh, for Disney plus. However, however, on April 20, April, 2021 sky blues was shut down following the announcement that of February 9th, 2021, the fate of the spinoff has been left currently has been left currently since. So it's currently up in the air if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, more than likely it's not. Yeah, but or you never know. Be like Disney might. True. Yeah, they could do a Disney Toon Studios. Believe it or not, could make a sequel to Rio. Could make Rio three. That's a possibility. It is a possibility. Disney yeah. Toon Studios has should, probably does have the right. Could have the rights to do that. Agreed. So, yeah, that is all the info and stuff we have for real. Alrighty. Getting into the summary. In Brazil, various exotic birds are smuggled out of the country. In Moose Lake, Minnesota, a crate with a male Spix macaw hatchling falls out of a truck and is found by a little girl named Linda Gunderson, who names him Blue. In Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh... Over the next 25 years, Linda comes to own a bookstore. Highly tame and unable to fly because he is scared to, Blue is ridiculed frequently by the Canadian geese that come out by outside of Linda's bookstore. Because of, uh, because of this, one day in late winter, ornithologist Tulio Monteiro invites Blue and Linda to Rio de Janeiro because Blue, who is the last known male of his species, needs to mate with the last known female macaw. Linda initially refuses, but later accepts, and they fly to Rio. At Tulio's aviary, Blue meets Jewel, a fiercely independent Spix macaw female longing to flee back to the wilderness. The macaws are captured by Fernando, an orphaned boy, 
and a sulfur-crested cockatoo named Nigel, both of whom work for a group of smugglers led by Marcel, who wants to leave the country as soon as possible to secure a black market deal regarding Blue and Jewel. While Fernando has second thoughts about his actions, Nigel tells the macaws that he desires to exact revenge on pretty birds after a parakeet replaced his role on a television show. Because of Blue's familiarity with cages, he is able to escape with Jewel and flee into the jungle. Fernando meets Linda and Tulio and helps them find the birds, while Blue and Jewel meet Raphael, a toco toucan, who offers to take them to his bulldog friend Luis to uh, remove the leg cuffs, holding them together. Raphael attempts to teach Blue how to fly before they meet up with the red-crested cardinal named Pedro and his yellow canary friend Nico. Meanwhile, Nigel coerces a horde of thieving marmosets led by Mauro to capture Blue and Jewel. Pedro and Nico then take the macaws to a samba dance party where they dance together and begin to fall in love until the marmosets crash the party. The birds flight, uh, the birds fight them off with the, and the five escape onto a tram. Fernando takes Linda and Tulio to the smugglers' hideout where they discover the birds have already been moved out and the smugglers are planning to use the Rio Carnival parade to take the birds to the airport as the other streets have been closed off for the festivities. Meanwhile, Blue and the others meet Louise, who is able to break the chain, holding Blue and Jewel together. After the two get into a heated argument, they decide to go their separate ways. Pedro and Nico then witness Nigel capturing Jewel. When Blue and Raphael learn of it, they rush to the carnival to rescue her. Meanwhile, Linda and Tulio have spotted the smuggler's parade float and, have sp and organized a rescue attempt for the birds. In as Linda and Tulio pose as dancers in Spix McCall costumes, Nigel captures Blue and the group. Linda and Tulio fail to stop the smugglers in time as they take off in a short SC-7 Skyvan. During the flight, uh, Blue breaks out of his cage using a fire extinguisher and releases the other captive birds. However, Nigel attacks the macaws, injuring Jewel's wing in the process. Blue sends Nigel flying into one of the plane's propellers and the fire extinguisher causing the plane to begin to fall. The smugglers flee the plane while Jewel falls out of the open cargo hatch towards the ocean. Jumping out of the plane to rescue her, Blue finally discovers that he is able to fly as he and Jewel kiss and he carries her to Linda and Tulio for help. Later, Linda and Tulio adopt Fernando and live in the jungle to help protect it. Blue and Jewel eventually raise three chicks together and celebrate with Rafael, Nico, Pedro, Linda, Luis, and Tulio. Meanwhile, Nigel is revealed to have survived the plane crash, but Mara ridicules him for his loss of feathers and Marcel and the smugglers are arrested. Getting into the trivia for this episode, did you know this film is actually based on a true story? Really? Mm-hmm. The film was based on the true story of, Spix of a Spix Macaw named Elvis living in the United States. His owner agreed to let Elvis join the captive breeding program to help preserve his species. Hmm. So loosely based on a true story. Uh, gotcha. Uh, this film has actually been cited as a reason why Pixar canceled a film they were making with a similar story, Newt. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. While Nigel is recruiting the marmosets for help, he threatens three monkeys after he tosses the main one in the sky. One monkey has his hands over his eyes, another over his ears, and another over his mouth. In other words, see no evil, hear no, no evil, evil, speak no evil. evil. During production, Jesse Eisenberg was still working on the social network. To compensate for time, he agreed to provide Blue's dialogue on weekends, 
admitting that it diverted him away from the mindset of his nearly joyless social network character. Hmm. When Blue tells Jewel to check his math to verify that his plan to break their chain will work, a patch of sand is shown where Blue has scratched in the equation F equals G, open parentheses, M1 times M2 divided by R to the power of 2, close parentheses. This is the formula for calculating the gravitational attraction between two bodies and can apply both literally to the rock and chain uh, as well as figuratively to both Blue and Jewel and Linda and the other guy. <laughs> His other name guy. I've forgotten though. Yeah. Birdie boy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good that's a good way to explain him. Um director Carlos Saldana, himself a resident of Rio, first came up with the concept in 1995. Originally it was about a penguin washing up on the beaches of the Brazilian city. But when he learned of the production of two penguin related animated features, Happy Feet in 2006 and Surf's Up in 2007, he was forced to radically rewrite his screenplay. Hmm. The crew visited Rio de Janeiro and also consulted with an expert on macaws at the Bronx Zoo. Linda and Blue live in Moose Lake, which is an actual small town in northern Minnesota. Hmm. Right before Blue and Jules escape from the smuggler's hideout, it is possible to see that the soccer game on television is a match between traditional rivals, Brazil and Argentina. Hmm. This plausibly explains why everybody seems to be so obsessed in following the game, especially because the movie seems to indicate that the match is being held in the Maracanã Stadium in Rio de Janeiro. When Linda and Tulio were dressed up in the macaw costumes to walk in the parade, Tulio looks in a mirror and says, Cianospitaspixi. Which is the scientific name for the Spix McCall. Mm. Last but not least, this film lost out at the Academy Awards for Best Original Song to The Muppets. Mm. This was the first time only two songs were nominated in this category, instead of the usual three or five. The lack of nominees in this particular category attracted widespread criticism and led to a full slate of five nominees the following year. And that's the end of my trivia. Alrighty. Since I've been talking a lot, I'm going to let Jacob go first with his, with his first like. All right. So my first like would be the scope of Rio. I'm not talking about the scope of how like depth and what have you. I'm talking about how they designed the, the, the nation of Rio or the, the city of Rio mm -hmm. with the like massive landscapes and, just like I'm, I'm watching this and I'm just like, wow, this is really impressive. That you, you can see like you know to you know ocean, to ocean, and just how beautiful this looks. And uh, you get the uh, the vast of how tight and interwoven the city of Rio is, and you get from the the uh, from the wealthy sector to the the poverty sector, mm -hmm. and you just get all these rich dynamics of how this city is built, and it's it's very well representative. Like if you watch movies or watch documentaries of Rio, uh, it looks like Rio. It looks like Rio. You have the enormous statue of Jesus on the top of the hill, which everybody knows about. Mm -hmm. The uh, the uh, the point where 
blue and jewel jump from the plane and then jump into the uh the the gliders and like the that that panoramic shot they're doing all over the place I, it's just phenomenal it'd be like it's just beautifully well done very well executed very well animated uh camera work just wow incredible and i was i was blown away by some of the animation in this just amazing so that is my number one is the the scope and breadth of how they created real my first like, this is going to sound strange, but I thought the lighting was very well done in this movie. Okay. Um, everything from the grayness of Moose Lake, Minnesota. Okay. To uh, the bright colors that we see throughout the rest of the film. And a lot of that seems to be dynamically lit. Um. I mean, there's not a point there where you're looking and go, okay, so let me, let me explain. Blue is probably the easiest way to explain what I'm talking about, the character Blue. Because it's the same character, of course, both in Moose Lake and in Rio itself, obviously. Yes. Same character model, same coloring, everything. But his coloring is is uh, affected by the light. In Moose Lake, it's kind of... it's kind of darker a little because it says that the direct sunlight shining on it. Yeah. Whereas in Rio, there's almost nothing but direct sunlight shining sure. on it, except in the shadows. And it works there too. Um, the part that actually amazed me most was when they were in the club. Okay. And the monkeys, kind of, uh, you know, tear the roof off literally. Yeah. Of the, of, of this little club thing and how quickly the light changed from this obviously uh, artificial, club lighting to bright, bright sun shining on him. I thought that was well done. The, uh, the scene there in Luis's garage, I thought was done very well. Cause, uh, you've got obviously that poor lighting that the dog probably only turned on one light. Yeah. <laughs> Just enough to see what he's doing. It's a garage. It's a garage. It's yeah. It's, it's meant to kind of feel like a horror house in that scene. Yeah. But, um, well, when you see a big bulldog running at you. <laughs> yeah. So that was done. Well, the, uh, the night scenes were done. The lighting was done extremely well. It, you, there's, a, I know that sounds weird for me to, to harp on, but lighting is one of those things that has only really gotten good in CG animation in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the first ones, uh, that really I thought actually looks good. I need to double check when monsters university came out. Cause that's the first one I remember noticing at the time, but, uh, this is probably the earliest movie I know of in the, uh, in the history where the lighting is actually spectacular. Yeah. Uh, if I think it's using that, uh, ray tracing technology that, uh, you know, it's really hot right now. The, the video game systems are talking about. This is back when the movies were the only ones using it. And they were just starting to use it. And it's done very, very well, I think, in this movie. Mm -hmm. Especially during the carnival scenes. I thought, this, especially with all the reflection, like on the, on the costumes of, you know, all the humans. Plus, of course, Linda and Birdie Boy. Uh... <laughs> whose name I can't remember. I am mm -hmm. sorry. Um, but yeah, I thought it, the lighting was done so very well in this movie. So yeah. Okay. 
the light, very good lighting in this movie. Excellent. I know it's a weird thing to it be is. talking about, but honestly, it was one of the things that stood out to me. Okay. Uh, What's my, your second like? My second like uh, is kind of odd. It's more the relationship between Blue and Jewel. Are the there again? Some parts of it just is like screams cheesy, but mm-hmm. it's the the dynamic of these two. It's okay. They do not like each other in the beginning, and it's just this perfect uh, transition of two characters who literally get stuck together yeah, and have to work together in order to survive. And they ultimately wind up falling in love with each other. So I, I, I find that dynamic very interesting because more often than not, it's the, Ooh, love at first sight. And it's just like, there's no real buildup and tension mm-hmm. or, or characters who do not like each other. And you're seeing each other's flaws, uh, AKA twilight. Um, other than that, <laughs> thank goodness that's not an animated movie. Thank, yeah, thank you. Uh, either way, it's just the the dynamic the dynamic of these two and the progression uh, from not liking each other to like bitterly not liking each other to now we're stuck together and now everybody's saying be like oh you two are in love it's like no of course not we're not in love we're stuck together mm-hmm. and then it's literally you're stuck together it's the be like we we have grown fond of each other so we have fallen in love with each other and um it's it's i, I think it's the story wise storytelling wise it's very well done very well executed to where you it's like okay you it's it feels natural. It's more of a mm-hmm. natural uh, relationship uh, blooming. And that was what I really enjoyed about it. Was the, yeah, the, it's two characters actually falling in love. And it's not, ooh, he's pretty. I want to follow him around till he likes mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number two. Okay. My second like. Is the horror scene of Luis's garage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Here's the thing. Yeah. Most of this movie is kind of bright and sunshiny. Yeah. There's some dark parts. Don't get me wrong. Especially yeah. going on in the uh, smuggler's hideout. Yeah. But to me, I don't, I don't think any scene was better done than the garage. Okay. Because... I mean, you've got Louise, a dog who slobbers. A lot. I'm assuming that's something that bulldogs do naturally, and I just am not around bulldogs enough to know this. Yeah. But uh, it's bad enough that you know something's going to happen. Right. You know it's going to happen. There is no other way for them to get this chain off of them at this point. So they have to use a bandsaw. Not a bandsaw, a uh, circular saw. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's a table saw, if we're being specific. Right. And it's like, there's there's a part of me that goes, this is a kid's movie. They're not going to show any blood. No. They will get out of this safely. I know this. But it's like, you know what? There actually feels like somebody could die here. And it's not going to be the person I want to die, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Obviously, it's not going to be Nigel. Uh <laughs> Okay. 
Nigel's not actually the worst character. Uh, there's a different one who gets that role, but that's All neither right. here nor there. All right. Well, you'll probably get into your dislike. Actually, no. That's not coming up. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Uh, at least not that I know of. Okay. But uh, the, the whole scene, the way it plays out, it's like you know something bad's going to happen and you're just waiting for it. And the, it, the everything plays into this. Is this going to work? Is this, is there going to cause? Is there going to be trouble? It, I just think it's done very well, and yeah, that's why it's going to be my second like is Luis's garage. All right. I mean, all we're missing is the uh, screaming violins. Yeah, it's true. So true. All right. So my third like. Granted, it's like the cheesiest thing about. I want to see the cheesiest thing about this film, but it's cliche, but I still enjoy how it's executed. Mm -hmm. To quote uh, a certain, a certain artist who I I no longer like at all anymore, R. Kelly, uh, I believe I can fly. Hmm. Uh, That would be the climactic ending of the, or the climax of the film is where, uh, uh, Blue is pulling off the escape, and what is the the bird villain name again? Nigel. Nigel. Thank you. There again, I am terrible with names. So Nigel comes to the attack. Actually, don't feel bad about this because I'll get into Nigel in a minute. <laughs> okay, I got you. So, like, obviously, um, Jewel is Jewel is injured. She can't fly. She's pushed out of the. She's basically thrown from the uh the plane the plummeting plane and so blue has to come after her even though he can't fly but it's more of his he has fallen feathers over heel for for this for uh for jewel feathers over talon feather yeah feathers over talon whatever but uh he 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 summons the the strength of will and the heart to uh, spread his wings and he flies and he actually does. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh boy, they're going to splat the first time. <laughs> I was like, no, this is, this is the kid's movie. They're not going to go splat. But yeah, he, he picks up and flies. It's like, Oh, okay. It's like, Hey, I can fly. <laughs> and was, I thought it was so cheesy and so corny, but I think it was a very good idea to like, you know, this character struggles throughout trying to learn how to fly. Mm-hmm. And, in the beginning, it has this be like he's he his his nest is raided, and so he has this he he tries to fly, he falls out of his nest, and then he's captured, and then he's um, he's homed with um, June. You mean Linda? Linda. I was looking at June, but Linda. And he's be like he's he's a he's a pet and he doesn't know how to fly. Yeah. And so it's it's this journey of him trying to learn how to fly, and he finally learns how to fly when he's plumbing the death with the with the with the uh, lady bird he loves, and he finally summons the uh, the uh, the what you call the strength of will to. Uh, no no no, I think you're missing what that was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it was? He got. What? That's the power of love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. You know, it is a curious thing. 
Yes. I, I was going to make the joke, but it was like, you beat me to it. I was waiting Darn for it. It's like, I missed three good times to throw that in there. Yes. So I was like, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to set myself up. Go for it. Either way. Yeah. So yeah, he, he spreads the wings and he flies. There again, I thought it was fair. I mean, like it was it was cheesy esque, but it was very well executed. So that is my number three. My third like is how Nigel is introduced. Okay, because here's the thing: I knew nothing about the movie going into it other than Blue Sky made it. Okay, I didn't know if who the villain. I didn't know there was going to be a bird villain. Hmm. Okay. I knew there's probably going to, I, I just from the beginning, I figured, okay, yeah, there's going to be smugglers. The whole thing's going to be a smuggle, an anti uh, bird smuggling story. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't know there was actually going to be a, an, a trader bird who was evil for being evil. Hmm. Um, so the fact when you see Nigel, when you first yeah. show him, it's like, yeah, I actually kind of feel sorry for that one. Everyone else is like, okay, so they, no, he looks like he's actually been through, Hades and back. I feel sorry for this guy. Mm. He shows up in the second scene. It's like, oh crap, you're the villain, aren't you? <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like the introduction done very well. Agreed. Because I didn't recognize he was going to be a villain from that, sh- from those first couple shots. Huh. Wasn't until the, the second scene with him in it. And I realized he was a much more important character. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, you're the villain because there's no way you are looking like that. You're going to be the good guy. Right. And I don't mean from the scars or anything. I mean, this guy is held, holding himself like the owls from uh, um, Rockadoodle. Oh, okay. another movie we need to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. The introduction of Nigel, I thought was very well done. Unfortunately, if I can go ahead and jump into my dislike. Go for it. Nigel's entire motivation is stupid. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Now, here's the thing. Jealousy, sure. Get that. Jealousy means you attack the bird who replaced you. Yeah. Feeling feeling uh, feelings of jealousy towards all the quote-unquote pretty birds, as he puts it. I get that. Understandable. Kind of has a Joker mentality. It's like, you, I'm going to make all you pretty birds ugly like me. It's like, okay, I kind of get that. But for the most part, yeah, and that's what he says during his song, his villain song. Yeah. The only song in the movie that somehow is classified as a musical. Except I think there's like two or three other songs. But honestly, this movie doesn't feel like a musical to me. Anyway. Mm. But it, that's what he says during his villain song. But... His actions after that point yeah, just seems to be like, I'm the head minion behind the boss. Or maybe I'm the true boss and he just thinks he's working for me. Why do I, why am I hunting these people? Because I was told to. Yes, I don't like them. And I'm, go- and I'm going to make them <laughs> ugly. But I'm doing this because I'm evil. Pretty much. And here's the thing. I don't mind evil villains that are evil for evil's sake. Yeah. When it's done intentionally. Yeah. I don't think it's done intentionally here. I mean, 
you have characters like, say, Radigan in uh, Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. He is evil for evil's sake. He's wanting to take over the world. Why? Because he's evil. This guy, he's just a jerk. Agreed. He's and a, a jerk. And a jerk. It's like, I really hope you don't come back for the second movie, despite the fact that I think he does. Um, <laughs> it's like, you're evil, and I don't like you, but I don't think you're evil for good reason. If there is a good reason to be evil right. from a storyline perspective, I don't think you've got a good reason for being evil. You've got a reason for being jealous. Right. And maybe you could learn a lesson and you could be that kind of a villain that actually has to learn a lesson in order for me to appreciate your character. But no, you're just going to be evil for evil's sake. You're going to be the Gaston of this story, essentially. Pretty much. But you're not nowhere near Gaston levels of villainy you're, i would agree with you on you're that. just an angry bird bird and that's the thing that's the thing <laughs> the other angry birds the actual angry birds were had a lot better villain than you've got <laughs> so i did true. not mean for it to go that way but i'm gonna take it go what is it. your first dislike my first dislike let me go back to my notes my first dislike is kind of an odd one there again when you're being critical of a film you watch for things and there are so many glaring they reuse the exact same character model over and over and over i counted six times are these four background character birds no they're not birds they're humans okay but it's just the background humans not major characters yeah well I mean, what, one, some degree background humans I can understand, but like no 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 be like when we first meet the character, he is actually one of the minions. He's the 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 not the smart one, the tubby guy that I actually liked. The tubby guy, yeah, <laughs> because he was funny. He was funny, and then you see him over and over and over. I'll be like, I'm not even kidding. The exact same shirt he was wearing. Is in the exact same like I missed that. Actually, there, there are there are additional five other scenes of the exact same character model, mm-hmm. and then looking at it again, there's more of them. When you see like one scene, you see a character model, and the next scene you see the exact same character model. No shading, no changing, no nothing. It's the exact same model. See, I over can, and over again. I can understand using the same set of models for background characters but generally if you have that you've got a little mix up with the hair and the eyes mm. and th- this is literally the same character yeah they just uh, not the character yeah they, they they quite literally one scene they they change him to a different shirt or he's wearing like like a like an hawaiian shirt at one point but it's the exact same character design exact model and everything I mean, like, mm. and he's in prominent in the in the foreground. I somehow missed that. Yeah. Uh, the scene where they're, they're crash landing on, on the beach. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the guys be like very prominent. It's the same character design, same model singing it, sitting in a chair. And it's just like that, that bugged me. I was, I'm watching this and it's like, wait, same character. There's an, that exact same model is on the trolley. And then another scene and another scene. There's five times where this character model is the exact, the, like hmm. hardly any change to it. 
Like no no hair color change, no nothing. And be like looking at it further, there's more of them. I'm like, okay, I understand you're on a budget. A really good budget, by the way. Yes. But why are you not changing any of your character models? At like, least mess with the eyes and the hair. Exactly, make, they're the same character. And, and, and mess with the 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 skin shader a little bit. Yeah. So that's obviously a different person. Just has just is very similar looking. Because honestly, if you give me just a little bit of change, I'll forgive using extras over and over again. Yeah. Because you can only make so many extra characters. In fact. Nearly every bird in here that's not in the main cast is a copy and paste, but there it makes sense. Yeah. Humans, on the other hand, no, you don't pull that stuff. No, you don't. There again, I just found it exceedingly weird and odd to watch. What is your number one? My number two. Number dos. My number two is the excessive use of stunt casting. Okay. And here's what I mean by that. A stunt cast, for me anyway, is when you have a character who is, in essence, the actor playing them, but in animate, but in animated form, right? Who adds very little to the plot itself, and by that I mean the character could be taken out or have their role severely reduced, and it would not affect the story in any meaningful way. I got you. And they are there primarily for comedic effect. Agreed. And Blue Sky is very has was very bad at overusing of stunt casting. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I think uh, Anne Hathaway, Jesse Eisenberg, and the two hu- characters, who, the two people who played the human characters, and Fernando, mm-hmm. and and Nigel, and the. Uh, all three of the smugglers. I thought that casting was spot on. Okay. However, George Lopez, the uh, the canary, that red bird, who I can't remember who it is, and Tracy Morgan as Luis. Yeah. You could have severely re- reduced all their parts, if not outright deleted them. And it would not have affected the story, or the story could actually have been told stronger had you gotten rid of the character. Wow. In my opinion. Okay. Because think about it. After Luis gets the uh, gets gets them disconnected, he does nothing to the story outside of be dressed up in carnival clothes in the parade and making jokes there. It's all he does. Yeah, pretty much. He doesn't change or add anything. Um, now the canary and the red bird, they do have one good joke. Okay. <laughs> I, I loved it near the end when, uh, blue gets recaptured and he gives the stirring speech about my friends are going to come rescue me and save me. And you hear, I think it's the red bird say, dude, we're going to get saved. And the camera switches over to him and goes, dude, I think he was talking about yeah, us. us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was funny. That was, that was a great, that was a great role of that. The problem is, you could have left the most of those characters. You could have had George Lopez Toucan point them in the direction of Louise, give them directions. Yeah. Have his little scene there with the kids and all that, and talk carnival. And you could have had him stay there with the ki- with his kids, taking care of his family. Yeah. Like he pr- 
like his wife would actually like him to do. Uh, well, we and you would have had an happen. interesting, but you you could have given Blue and um, Jewel more time to be able to for their relationship to bounce off one another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, the two comedic relief birds whose names I don't remember, the yellow one and the red one. Honestly, do they do anything to the movie outside of get them help them get to Louise's and get trapped in a cage for one good joke? The uh, the the only thing I see them actually doing is actually on the trolley car. Yeah, and they really don't re- they they and help they, they help in a way, but it's not really that. I think could have been done stronger, in my opinion. If you we could have let we could have seen. Without them helping, yeah. let the love grow between Blue and Jewel more naturally. Yeah, maybe have maybe a, still have the song that they're that the canary is singing done, but yeah. maybe done as an instrumental. Yeah, and let that go. And yeah, that may have bored the kids, but I don't care. I'm trying to get a good story out of this. Yeah, that would have been, I think, more meaningful. Right. Um. I don't know if the red bird is there doing anything. That's worth having him there for. The yellow bird helps, and the red bird at least gives. Uh, red bird does give at least some dating advice. Yeah, that's true. But that's it. It's like they're mostly there for comedic relief. Agreed. Stunk. Don't get me wrong. I understand casting. Stunk casting is always done to get the parents to feel better about taking them to movies. Oh, we're gonna go see that movie that's got uh, Tracy Morgan in it from uh, Thirty Rock. Yeah. I think that's the character's name in 30 Rock. Anyway, um, we're going to go see the character with, uh, it's got George Lopez. Uh, he's, he's in this movie. I like George Lopez. I'll yeah. see a movie with George Lopez in it. He could play a, uh, a, a he could play Toucan Sam and I wouldn't care. Their names to throw on the trailer to get adults to feel better about taking, going to see a movie with their kids. Yeah. That's the entire point of their casting. That annoys me. Okay. You can have good actors playing, uh, you can have actors playing these roles that kind of was maybe done for stunt casting purposes, but they're actually playing roles. Yeah. Case in point, Adam Sandler in Hotel Transylvania. You don't know for most of that movie that that's Adam Sandler playing Dracula. Agreed. He does a very good job in this movie. I can tell you the minute George Lopez shows up on screen that that's George Lopez voicing that bird. Yeah, pretty much. Because he is George Lopez. Pretty much. Act, please. (laughs) Is it too much to ask for voice actors or actors to actually act, even if you're only voice acting? Yeah. Please? Anyway, that's just... (laughs) Stunt casting like that is an annoyance, and that's actually going to lead a little bit into my third dislike, but I'm going to let you go first on your second dislike. My second dislike kind of follows in that same vein. Actually, it's almost the exact same point where you you have this issue when it comes to using celebrities to market your film instead of take, I don't know, Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. Beauty and the Beast used primarily for their background characters as referring to the original movie or the the, live action one, the original, the original. Okay. Like going back like 1990s, 80s, 70s, 
like you would you they would use except for maybe the exception of uh like Oliver and Company because mm-hmm. they they use they use um Billy Joel they use like some, some fairly big names but for the most part your main characters were not big actors they weren't they they weren't very well known they weren't big celebrities like uh Jody Benson wasn't a big you know wasn't a big home yeah it's 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 using like raw amazing talent to do do films like that uh-huh. but then you get into the the late 90s into the 2000s where they start heavily using celebrities in voice acting and then it gets into the point where you get into Rio almost your entire cast is celebrities uh-huh. and some fashion or form people know them. And like you said, in your, your dislike, like people go to this film, not for, Oh my gosh, looks like an amazing film. Be like, Oh, George Lopez is in this film. It's you're not going to watch the film for George Lopez. You're watching the film because it's an animated movie and it looks interesting. And you're taking your kids to the movies. Yeah, I get that. But here's the thing. Disney doesn't do pull. Disney has not pulled this crap in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm not saying Disney has never pulled the crap. They've pulled the crap. Yeah. But for the most part, they're still, even when they've pulled that crap, they've still told good stories. Yeah. Agreed. I'm not saying Rio's a bad story. I'm just saying you're not banking on the story being good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a lot of, uh, blue sky studios and illumination and all these other animations mm-hmm. who are trying to get noticed. And I understand you're trying to get noticed, but using enormous stars, enormous celebrities to do the voice acting and some levels, they're not good. And be like, yeah, be like you have Jamie Foxx as the the little bird. And be like, I think he does a very good job. Thank you. I couldn't think of the yeah, actor's name. Yeah, Will I am be like, I found his character annoying. And I think uh-huh. that was the point, but it was like when the first time I ever saw Will I am as an actor was X-Men, X-Men Origins. And I was like, ugh, that wasn't good. But that was years ago. But either way, it was like you're use all you're using is big name actors. I think it was like one or two actors I had never heard of. Mm-hmm. And it was it was irritating. I was like, really? It's like, we're, we're, we're going into that trope of we're going to pull people into the theaters. Cause there's, you know, big actors behind this. Yeah. And not because we're trying to tell a very good story. The story's fairly decent, but when you're, when you're banking on people coming into your theater, coming to the theaters because Anne Hathaway is playing a bird. Like, I think you're throwing the mark. Under the bridge. Right. Now, the thing is, Anne Hathaway does a good job. She does. Jesse Eisenberg does a good job. He does. I agree. Will I Am does not do a good job. George Lopez does not do a good job because they are playing themselves. I agree. In bird form. That is true. I, I do like, I do, I will say Will I Am's music in this film, even though I don't, I, it's not necessarily my type of music. Be like, it's interesting. It's got, it's, it's very much, it's got a lot of different, uh, it's got, you know, the reggae and the, the, what you would sound, what you would hear in uh-huh. Rio. And, uh, like some of the songs don't fit. They don't fit in this, this movie at all. It's just more like, oh, here's a club song. Yeah. But, um, and let's be honest, Rio's not all about dancing, you know, you know, dancing and clubbing. But, uh, it is for some people. And this some, is around the time of Carnival. That is which, true. 
is supposed to be kind of a free willing, have fun sort of thing. I mean, let's face it. The guy's dentist was dressed up like a dancing girl. That is true. Either way, be like, I think Will I Am did a, a really good job music wise in this movie. Uh, just be like, some of it's just not my, not my thing. Uh, if it is yours, great. <laughs> you know, there again, we can all, we can agree to disagree on music and TV and movies and have a great conversation and not hate each other over it. <laughs> uh, that's the wonderful thing about conversations and having dialogue about things. Uh-huh. Um, but I think some of the songs in the movie were great, but going back to my point, um, the, the use of celebrities definitely at this time was so saturated that, and with this movie, but in particular, yeah, definitely in particular, uh, it was just be like, Oh, we're not pushing be like Rio, the, the movie, what the, the, the story we're trying to sell, we're trying to sell you based on the actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Cat, you know, like, I swear you nearly said Catwoman. I nearly did. Um, <laughs> uh, Hathaway, Bur- yeah, Anne Hathaway. Let's use Anne Hathaway again. I assume that's who you're talking about. Uh, because you nearly Blue, said Catwoman, the, the guy who played Blue. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor, yeah, Lex Luthor, Jesse Eisenberg. Dude, I just realized Lex Luthor and uh, Catwoman got together in this movie. <laughs> that they did. <laughs> that's a weird one. <laughs> It's a weird one. Either way, it's just, it's this that was this, this annoying trend in animation at the time to just use celebrities in their animation, and I think it it went away from what like Disney and mm-hmm. Pixar was doing. Pixar, Pixar, well, Pixar was using bigger celebrities. Pixar was using bigger celebrities, but you even when they were, it's like oh yeah, this is a big celebrity. We're going to tell a story about a car. And you're going to care about this car. Yeah. Or a toy. It doesn't matter that uh, Larry the Cable Guy is going to be making stupid jokes. He's still going to be over there making stupid jokes. And he's actually going to be in one movie. Actually, you're going to feel bad for him. Yeah. But it probably does mean we need to do the Cars movies at some point. We do. But (laughs) now that I've made that call. But. uh, And let's face it. I can tell you right now that in Cars, Larry the Cable Guy was a stunt cast. He yeah. was not necessary. His, his character is useful in the movie, but they cast him because they needed a redneck and they wanted it to be a stereotypical redneck. That's why they hired the guy who plays a stereotypical redneck, despite the fact he's very urban. Yeah. Uh, he's from Florida, actually. Yeah. They're rednecks in Florida. Yeah. But have you ever heard him talk? He's I, not a redneck. I have, I have heard him talk out, outside of his larry the cable guy persona yeah but they hired him to be larry the cable guy yes. in, the, in the movie and yet it works there because he actually is acting he's not he's using his larry the cable guy persona but he's actually acting as mater yeah as i said george lopez is playing george lopez in this movie agree i'm sorry i keep harping on him it's just he's the actually the only person who i actually remember who they were because <laughs> i don't remember the other character. I don't remember Jamie Foxx or Will I Am's outside of this movie what they are besides the few things they are known for. Yeah. It just nothing just jumps out at me. It's like, oh yeah, you hired comedians. Yeah. And singers to act. I'm not saying they can't act. I'm saying I've not seen much ability to act. Yeah. But anyway. Either way. So yeah, mine is definitely the use the oversaturation of using celebrity as voice mm-hmm. actors. Instead of uh, using a voice actor 
that maybe a veteran voice actor who would or probably... someone who actually an, an actor in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, that's my that's my sorry. I didn't second. mean to cut you off. No, you're good. That's my second. Okay. I'm kind of glad that was your second, and it was able to bridge off my second because all of this is going to lead into my third. Okay. Dislike. This movie suffers from something I like to call kids movie syndrome. Okay. Kids movie syndrome, the symptoms of this are names that are that have nothing to do with the story that they are based on. Okay. All Rio is is the name of the city it is. True. There's nothing you could place this story and you could you could place any movie, any story in, in the name Rio and the, okay. with the name Rio. And it would probably just so work as good as this does. The only thing is that it takes place in Rio. So it's real. Is the story about Rio? No, really. It's about two birds who are native to the Rio area. Yeah. It's but based that's not, in Rio. And, it, and there is maybe at least some celebration of the culture around the time of Carnival. Mm-hmm. In Rio de Janeiro, but it not you could have there. Are, I can come up with a better name right now, just right off the top of my head. That makes a more sense to me than Rio for this movie. What would that be? Lovebirds. Okay. Bluebird of happiness. Yeah. All or just bluebirds. Bluebirds yeah. makes more sense than, or I don't know, macaws or something. I don't know. Rio, you could name you. You could have had anything happen in, in this movie, and the name Rio would have worked for it. Okay, completely. that's symptom number one. A okay. name that has nothing to do with the story. Second symptom we've already talked about: stunt casting out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Third symptom takes no risks in its storytelling. I would agree with you on that. It doesn't the assumption is it's a kids movie. We should write it for kids. And kids are stupid. So we need to boil this down to as simple as we can and not try to challenge the kids' thinking. Yeah. And the fourth symptom, the story is preachy. Okay. This story is very preachy. Yeah. If you come out of if you're a kid and you go see this movie. And you see all the trouble Blue went through because he was uh, abducted. He was smuggled out of the country as a, as a chick, as a hatchling. Mm-hmm. And all the horrible things you see all the other smuggled birds go through in this movie, including Nigel, if we're being honest. He wasn't smuggled, but he's he wasn't allowed to grow up in the forest and be a happy bird, happy pretty bird like everybody else. Right. His uh, connection to humans pretty much ruined him. You come out of this movie, you're going to think, man, we should not be messing with the birds. We should let them be free. You're telling me that's not preachy? That's got an environmental message out the wazoo. PETA probably loves this movie. Probably. I'm not saying we should not be kind to animals and we should not be keeping, doing our best not to to, to crack down on the smuggling and the black market of exotic birds and all this. I am not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying... This movie, which is supposed to be a love story between two of the last species, two of the last known members of, of their species, which is an interesting story to tell. Agreed. Is more seems to be more about 
stopping the anti-smuggling rings in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Than it is about these two lovebirds. Yeah. Now, granted, it's worked into the story and it works. But this is like, this is, it's preaching to the kids, trying to teach them, hey, what all these humans doing are bad and it's so bad we don't want you to get anywhere near it because we're going to show you the absolute worst things that happen. Oh, sure. There's some good humans. The scientists who are working with the birds, they're good. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the smart people, they're all good. You should try to be more like these people and be a scientist. I'm not saying scientists are bad. Right. I'm just saying there's not much here that's not sound, feeling like it's preaching to me. Yeah. About this is all bad. We should be doing better. Yeah. And Blue Sky is actually pretty bad about being preachy about some stuff. Yeah. Um, and you can't tell me the four, all the Ice Age movies are not somehow about global warming to some degree. The climate change. But that's not the point here. This movie suffers from that to the point where it's like, you did not make this. Okay. To me, a good quote unquote kids movie. Yeah. Is what I actually think is better defined as a family movie. Okay. You have, and, and Disney and Pixar and uh, actually Illumination's good at this. Sony Animation Studios is good at this. Yeah. I'm not saying they haven't had their quote unquote kids movie syndrome movies. They have. But they're good when they, when they are actually trying to make a family movie. Yeah. They do a good job of it. And I'm not trying to bring any of the... Because uh, we're, we're talking about Rio. We're not talking about the rest of Blue Sky's catalog. But Blue Sky has made a lot of kids' movies. Yeah. They didn't make many family movies. Hmm. And if we're up to me, the quote-unquote kids' movies would be thrown out and we'd never have to look at them again because, honestly, Disney set the gold standard in with his first... With, with uh, all the classic Disney films we all know and love. And that's what everybody should be trying to do is to... Match and surpass that. Yeah. Not, oh, kids will watch anything we put in front of them. Let's put in stupid jokes involving two act, two singers who they pro a, a comedian and a singer they probably don't know. And the guy for, who, uh, who, whose, uh, sitcoms plays every night at, at one in the morning. I would agree with you on that. I would agree with the fact that, and good. I'm just saying that, that's that's the problem here. This is a this movie suffers from kids movie syndrome. Many of the choices that this movie makes in its storytelling mm -hmm. is based around this is a kids movie. We don't need to do anything fancy. Yeah, we can play it safe and we will be fine. And that's what it does. It plays a lot of stuff safe even while it's preaching. The rate the the riskiest thing this movie does is the fact that it puts. One of our lead characters in a dancer's costume, one piece to look like a macaw and tell her to shake her booty. Yes. That is the riskiest thing this movie does. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that. The, the, the fact that and, this... And you can't even really call that much of risk because, oh yeah, they're in Carnival. They're supposed to be doing Carnival. We're supposed to be representing Carnival. Yeah. That would happen. And that's a funny thing to happen. Right. If you got stuffed into that. That's it's a risk, but it's not a risk, and yeah. and that's the riskiest thing it does. So yeah, that's my problem. Anyway. Okay, 
Yeah, I I do I do agree. The the fact that a lot of movies don't take into account that children are intelligent. Yeah. Be like they're they're not mindless, be like, ooh, funny fart jokes, sharks, whatever. Like I'm not saying you can't have funny fart jokes. Yeah, exactly. They happen. Yeah, exactly. But, but they're they're not playing into account that children are very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And they they pick up on what you're saying to them. It, it's like it's almost like oh children are mindless. The 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 if, the, if that were true, Pixar would not make half the money it makes. Agree. Because even at its weakest, Pixar is at least challenging in its thought process to adults. So you know it's good. It's challenging to kids. Agreed. Yeah, it's just, and kids generally are a lot more likely to accept new ideas than adults are. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, all your points in that. It's just, it, it does suffer a lot of those, 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 those problems. It does. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just saying it's really sad when Angry Birds, I think, did a better job of being a coherent story than this yeah. did. Yeah, when you get to the point of, like, being preachy, it's understandable if you're trying to, you know, teach a lesson. Yes. And like, like there's, I, But there's teaching and then there's being preachy. Yeah. Teaching, you can, in a storytelling sense, it's obviously a moral of the story. Yeah. But it's not shoved down your throat. Yeah. It is, the story shows here's what we're doing. And this one's like, the story is obviously focused on these two characters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to surround that by birds who, I don't know, it, it just seems like it's, it's very preachy. It does. And not in a good way. I mean, heck, I still, every once in a while, I hear that one bird going on, I'm a pretty bird, I'm a pretty bird, I'm a pretty bird. I'm thinking, you are just trying to be annoying to teach me how bad sm- bird smuggling is. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not being, pol- it's a political thing. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't preach to me. Don't preach to kids in that way. Yeah. Teach. Don't. And I, as Christians, we're used to preach. We're used to preaching. Yeah. But this is a movie. This is a story. Tell me the story and intertwine your moral into the story. Don't just do these things like all this stuff is evil and you should stay away from it. Yeah. Don't don't. And that's kind of how it comes across sometimes. Yeah, don't pound me over the head with it. Yes. You know, give, give me a good story with a good moral behind it and a good lesson behind it. Not don't pound me over the head. Yeah. Because you're too dumb to get it. It doesn't help that the happy ending is our two, our, our three human characters who are obviously now a mixed race family. Yeah. Are scientists now in the habitats where Jewel and Blue are living now. And it's like, obviously, it's like, this is the ver- the good ending. This is the happy ending. And it's very preachy about why this is the good ending. Yeah. And yet, honestly, we do want something good to happen to Fernando because he redeemed himself in yeah. this movie. We didn't talk about that. but Right. Because honestly, it's kind of, he was not really bad for that long. No, he was he was he was a kid trying to get by. Didn't realize yeah, what was going was. on. But his character is redeemed by the by that point. So you want something good for him, and right. it does make sense that you want these other two characters to fall in love. Yeah, just like their their birds did. It's kind of a sweet. It's a little cliche, but it's a little it's sweet. Right. And yeah, it makes sense that they would adopt him. And now the kid is Diego from Dora the Explorer. 
which is ironic because I think he also played Diego in Dora the Explorer. (laughs) The actor did. Okay, gotcha. All right. I think that was him. Someone in this one did, and I didn't mark that for some reason, but Uh, your uh, third dislike. My third dislike. Now, granted, this is a nitpick. The story drags quite a bit. It, it does. It does have these little lulls here and there. Like it's it's. It has points where it's really good, and then it's like you go to the like the dance club scene. Mm-hmm. It's like they they could have made that a lot shorter. Uh, I understand it's it was shot very well. It's like some some of the story. It's just kind of like it goes. Be like you have this this okay. We're riding high high. Hi, hi, yep. And it's, to me, it's like if you're writing a story, if you're writing a story for children to learn something from or to entertain and not just give, you know, random fart jokes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to point out, there weren't actually any fart jokes in this movie. No, there weren't. We just keep saying fart jokes because it's the stupidest thing that usually shows up in these kinds of movies. Yeah. There again, kids like fart jokes. But, Who doesn't uh, like a good fart joke? When they're done correctly. Yeah, when they're done correctly. I recognize not every fart joke is funny. Yeah, agreed. But other than that, it's there 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 little lulls in like story wise where it kind of it, it's not it's like oh it slows down because the action isn't good. No, it's just the the story kind of just goes. It just has this little bump every once in a while, and it's like oh okay. It'd be like you you kind of drew me out of the story just a little bit doing that. But I think if you're doing a good writing about it, you're gonna keep your 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 viewers, the people who are being entertained by this, to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And just at some little points here and there, or the point where um the the humans are trying to get into Carnival and the they're dressing up as a bird. I thought that was very good. Yeah. There there's one point in animation where um one of the characters moves and all of her moves. Yeah. And I thought I was like, wow, that's incredible. But it's just like, okay, here, here's a dip again in story instead of, Oh, let's, 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 you know, make this a little clicker. Let's make it uh, a little more smooth. And we're like stopping to do some very, you know, generic thing. And there again, it's a nitpick to this film. It, it's not like every movie's going to have them. So I just thought I would bring it be like, oh, it's got dips. Yeah. It's got dips. And um, on that dip. Yeah. On that dip. It's time for us to give our final rating for this movie. Yes. I'm giving it a six. Okay. It's, uh, it's functionally, technically done very well. I think the story is missing things it, that could have been done, handled better. Um, I wish the stunt casting was better. I wish the story was a little more challenging. Uh, I wish it was a story I actually wanted to care about in many ways. Uh, but I mean, it's technically well done. Kids should like the movie for what it mm-hmm. is. It's not a movie for me. I got gotcha. you. So yeah, I'm giving it a six. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher than you. It's a seven for me. Uh, it does have some very, you know, some good points. Like I pointed out in my, my likes, uh, there again, it does suffer from a lot. Like Drew said with this, uh, it's, it's kid, kid movie syndrome and which gets really annoying really quick. 
Uh, it does suffer from uh, celebrity casting, mm-hmm. like out the wazoo. And uh, there again, you have some of the cast who do very good, and some of them like George Lopez is playing George Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other than that, be like, I thought the movie was fairly decent. There again, it wasn't engaging. That I'd be like, it, it had like it's okay. The relationship between Blue and Jewel, Jewel. Thank you. I want to call him Pearl, but Jewel. Uh, I'd be like, it was interesting, but that was about the only thing interesting about this film. And uh, other than that, it was kind of like it was fluff, just kind of mm-hmm. like a bird fluff. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a seven. Be like, it's it's still good, but it's not terrible. Because mm-hmm. believe me, we'll probably get some movies where we're like, okay, this was not a good movie. We've we've done it before, <laughs> but we'll 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 get there when we get there. True. And that brings us to the end of this review, ladies and gentlemen. We did not plan this. What happened here? Mm-hmm. Because back to back. We are going to be reviewing another movie about birds who are apparently flightless. Who, um, they do need to fly by the end of the film in order to save the day. And there is some stunt casting, though it's not as bad in this one. We're doing Chicken Run next. Now, I've seen the movie. I have Many times. You've not. You do know Mel Gibson is playing the rooster there on the cover. He does look like Mel Gibson. Yes. In, in a very odd way. He and looks it, like Mel Gibson. I, I watched the movie last night so I could let you borrow it. I... This is going to be a good episode. Okay, then. I'm at least going to be happy. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be happy. Alrighty. So join us next time for... a. A movie that will make you believe that a chicken can fly. And we will uh, catch you then. So this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Cheese and sprinkles. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L.
I do kind of feel bad that it took us two years to actually finally do one. Yeah. And we only got one in while they were still alive. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, join us on the other side of the bumpers and we will get to spoiling this thing. Yep. You need a break. No. The following is a... <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Just jump in there, Drew. Well, we don't need to break. Wait. Wait. I'm about to wonk, 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 break. Uh, and the only reason I stopped is like, okay, I need to bring up my notes. I didn't give myself time. Yes, you do. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs>